Welcome to the Oscar Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Quentin Philipson, and to help break down two of the five nominated films for the 1977 Oscars, for the 1976 films, we need to have a co-host here who is mad as hell and is not going to take this anymore, Andrea Tennis. How are you doing this week? I am doing great. Uh, yeah, other, other than that, not much else besides I've been having a crazy week at work. We're having hardcore computer issues and something always seems to be going wrong. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we both had pretty crazy weeks at work. Uh, to be fair, I think for me it's been like three weeks in a row of chaos. Yeah, but I think my Monday and my Tuesday were relatively quiet. I thought I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and then it's been chaos for the last few days so you know uh, it's keeping me busy at least I'll give you that but what was your thoughts on uh, these two movies uh you know you haven't done the podcast in a while what was your thoughts on movies as a whole have you seen anything exciting lately god let me pull up my letterbox I can let you know everything I've watched lately oh what a flex <laughs> you have a letterbox wow yeah no one knew that on this podcast did they now no uh, but while you're pulling that out I can quickly let the listeners know why we have been a little bit behind lately on recording I believe we are a couple weeks behind now <laughs> I think we were gone for almost a month yeah, it's close right. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, yeah, yeah, I think it's been a month to be honest, and that's because I had a Blu-ray, which had a remote that went mm-hmm. missing. So we actually watched Network, which is gonna be one of the two movies that we watched, and are gonna be discussing here on the podcast. We watched it, and right after we watched it, actually, it was the night of the remote went missing, and we did not know where it went. It just disappeared. And for weeks after weeks, I was looking for it. After one week, I kind of started calling it quits. I was like, okay, this remote's missing. I'm going to order a new Blu-ray on Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart lost it in the shipping. They, I don't know what they were doing. They shipped it off to uh, Europe or something. It went missing forever. They kept telling me, oh, it'll be here in two more days. Oh, it'll be here in three more days, Quentin. Don't worry. Uh, Walmart doesn't know what they're talking about. They had no clue where that Blu-ray player was. And it was about three weeks or almost a month at this point, I ordered a new Blu-ray player from Amazon and they sent it to me the next day. So take that. I waited almost three weeks. Or no, I waited like almost two weeks uh, for the Walmart player. Did that ever come in actually? Uh, No, that Blu-ray player I gave the Walmart uh, customer service a piece of my mind and they gave me a refund and oh okay because, i wasn't sure well they told me that they can't give me a refund uh because it's already shipped uh but then they called me a few days later and they went actually i don't think we ever shipped it so we'll just give you a refund oh so they never even no wonder <laughs> i don't know but yeah so they just gave me a refund they realized wow. yeah this was our bad quentin we're in the wrong here so i got a refund for that blu-ray player I got, the, I got the Amazon one within 24 hours. That's Amazon Prime service, baby. Take that, Walmart. Which I was surprised that you ordered from Walmart to begin with because you love Amazon. I do, but the Walmart was cheaper. Oh. Figured, you know what? I can wait a few days and get a $50 Blu-ray player 
instead of getting it in 24 hours and get a $130 Blu-ray player. But you know what? Uh, Express is worth it, baby. Uh, I'll pay 130 bucks for a Blu-ray player if that means I get to watch these movies. So that's why we're late. We missed out on a couple weeks. I think we're about on schedule. I think we're now about two episodes behind. So maybe we'll do catch up eventually. Who knows? Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it is a bit of a bummer. But anyways, we're back. We watched the two movies. But before we watch these two films, Andrew, you haven't spoken into a microphone for about a month and a half. You kind of forget what it's like. Yeah, like, how do I podcast? Yeah, she's so used to just talking to me. She's uh, facing me right now. She's not even used to the microphone. But what have you seen recently that's worth noting? Well, I'm looking at my list of recently watched. And, you know, I, pro I probably only record, like, every fourth movie that we watch a week. That's, that's pretty legit. I'm still waiting for her Suicide Squad review. <laughs> that is up. I made one. Oh. Uh, anyway, so my favorite movie of the year so far, or one of them that's close up there, is Coda. We watched that, what, like three weeks ago? Oh, yeah, about three weeks or three a month. Three weeks ago, and it was good. It's probably my favorite so far, um, but well. wow. Well, since this is the Oscar Rewind podcast, do you think it has a chance of being nominated for Best Picture for 2021? Are we going to be uh, mm. having uh, Is this going to be one of the films we're going to be discussing in a couple years' time? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. It was really good. And I feel like... I don't know. I feel like the critics would like it. It was really low budget, though, so I'm not sure like what kind of odds it would have. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be nominated, but it is a good film. I yeah. think it's my favorite of the year so far. If you haven't yeah. seen it, it's a good it's a good watch. I'm sure you haven't because it's on Apple. Nobody has that service. Wow. Shade to Apple. Yeah. Well, they they got good films. They had they have Wolfwalkers and Coda now. Ooh. Look at them. I love Wolfwalkers. Yeah, and they've always said they're about quality and not quantity. They're only going to try and have good products. So they, so far, they're living up to it. They don't got much. They have good content. <laughs> but they got something. Uh, and then we watched Cruella not too long ago. And I honestly think that Cruella's kind of getting a bad rap, but I really liked it. Like, it, I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. As someone that uh, famously isn't a huge fan of Disney blockbuster films, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand why I've suddenly become a Cruella defender. I think it's pretty fun as well. It's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, any other fun films you want to discuss before we get to your two favorite films, All the President's Men and Network? Not really. Those are just some, some call-outs, basically. Perfect. All right, so we can move on to the two movies up for topic here for the 1977 Oscars. We're now two-fifths of the way done. Hmm. Look at that. Not too shabby. You know, I haven't seen, well, I haven't seen two of the three left we have to discuss, but I do agree. Just based off these two films already, I've seen Taxi Driver, and I, I know a fair amount of the other two. This is a very dude-centric men films. I think this is probably the most male-centric group we've had for Oscar nominations, which is ironic because this is probably one of the few years 
where we actually have all of the acting categories winners for these five films. And they're actually all in these wow. two films. Wow. So I feel like we don't have that many supporting actress and lead actress winners in the movies that we discussed, do we? I know we have Ingrid from Gaslight. I don't, uh, I don't think it was that. I don't really don't think it's been that many. Yeah, we, no. don't, we don't get that many. I, normally the female mm -hmm. performances, for some reason, they don't end up being in the Best Picture nominated films. But we got them here. Who would have thought? So, you know, this is these two films, as we'll soon discuss and we'll see here on the nominations and wins, very performance-based movies. So I can understand that. Uh, which one did you want to discuss first, Andrea? We normally do it. We discuss the first film that we watched, mm -hmm. and then we discuss the, the next film we watched. We discuss it in the order that we watched it, but since we watched Network... A month ago, as I've already said, we then watched All the President's Men a week ago, and we watched Network again just a few hours ago. We had to rewatch it because it's been so long, it would be hard to hold an actual discussion for it. So we had to rewatch it. So we have seen Network, President's Men, and Network. It's like a network sandwich. President's Men's in between them. So which one did you want to start with first? Uh, it's totally up to you. all the president's men's first just because you know we just watched network it's very fresh in my mind yeah so let's, we'll save it for last yeah you're reading my mind andrew that's the one i wanted <laughs> to go through first let's get this one out of the way i feel like we might not have as much to say we'll see <laughs> but we can first discuss the wins and nominations it got it was a pretty successful film you know said so surprisingly to some including me it was nominated for supporting actress it was nominated for directing. It was nominated for editing. And it won for supporting actor. It won for art direction. It won for sound. And it won for adapted screenplay. Wow. So a film that was nominated for eight awards, including Best Picture, obviously. Uh, and it won four of them. It won four awards. That's a pretty big feat. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, so uh, quickly, what was your thoughts on All the President's Men? You know, it's honestly, it just falls into that category of your basic reporter story. You know, someone works for a big newspaper. They got this big story. They have to really dive in deep to solve it. And I mean... They did a good job, and it was probably a little bit better than, like, your typical reporting story, but, like, not by much. It just it just fell in that gray category just because it is based on true events. Yeah, so I agree with you. I will eventually get to this year, and I feel like it's going to be a very heated topic for us when we finally get to Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for Andrew. I don't think she liked it that much i didn't like spotlight i think it might be my least favorite best picture winner of mm -hmm. the 2010 decade it's just not my kind of cup of tea i guess you would say i just don't love reporting journalism films which is funny considering i graduated with a communication degree i graduated with a you know it's the sister of the journalism degree i took journalism courses maybe that's why i don't like it because, you know, it reminds me of those horrible classes I attended to in university. But 
Uh, yeah, surprisingly, uh, you know, I attended these courses. I've read about these stories and how crazy it is to go through the press and to try and write these articles. And I, I've written a few. And, uh, yeah, it's funny because I just don't like watching them on my screen. I just don't think they're that much fun. I think they're very similar in format mm-hmm. and style, you know. Reporters get picked up a news, they, a story that they don't want to do. They end up getting invested in the story. They end up trying yeah. to write the story, but then the company has forced them to, like, you know, not go so hard into the story because it's going to ruin the press. They then go against the company to tell the story because they need to. It's what's right. It's what's humanly right. And then it ends up becoming a phenomenon. It's this epic moment when they release it. And the ending's always fun. It is great. The performances are always awesome. I think I, I think even Spotlight, I thought Mark Ruffalo, I think Michael Keaton, I think they're all fantastic. And they always get really good actors. Yeah. Like in this one, we have Dustin Hoffman fantastic. and Robert Redford. Yeah, and they're both fantastic. Yeah, no, they were honestly both really great on how they kind of tracked their leads down, how they figured everything out, kind of weaseled their way in there and realized... None of the men were going to talk. So what if they talk to the women that work for the men? Yeah, no, the, the, the performances a, are great. It was a great approach. No, I agree. And that's sad. Yeah, you know, all the news films about journalism and reporting, they're all fine. I enjoy it when I'm watching on my screen. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch a journalism film. I feel like once I know the story, good to go. Obviously, I'll rewatch. Uh, spotlight when we eventually do that year for the podcast mm. but you know on my own like decision yeah uh probably don't really need to rewatch these anytime soon i don't know if i'll ever rewatch all the president's men but uh for the most part it's a fun film and it is about a very important subject i feel like the the story itself is pretty crazy and so i don't blame the Oscars for nominating this for Best Picture because it is a pretty important story. Something that everybody wants to actually see on their screen. So I understand, especially for the time, for the story, it is pretty crazy. Uh, And it's pretty recent too. Uh, I'm just looking at it here. Uh, It's in the early 70s and this Mm -hmm. film was 77. So this is still like in their time, this story is going on. So Andrea, you're American. You know more about this actual story than I do. (laughs) I know close to nothing about this. I've heard of the word. Andrew was like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that that is pretty crazy. So I want to quickly just update people on. I, I'm not going to do a very good job because honestly, I think Watergate is something that's kind of hard to understand. Basically, President Nixon was like taking funds. Um... I don't really know where the funds were coming from, to be honest. But, and he was throwing them back into his campaign, I think. Like, he was, like, stealing, basically stealing money or whatnot. I might be wrong. So, you should probably definitely read what that article says. Yeah. So, it's just a crazy story about something that's actually happened. Uh, I'm assuming by adapted screenplay... I'm not too confident on if this is taken from a book. I'm assuming it's based off of a book or article. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, it's obviously based on true events, but if this actual story happened, like, this direct story happened, I'm not sure. Right. I imagined it is. But uh, one thing that surprised me, obviously, you guys know me from Tootsie, and I've spoken highly of him. 
We haven't discussed The Graduate, but I've spoken highly of him from that film. I love Dustin Hoffman. He's fantastic. And so going in, this was probably the most excited part of the film for me, is seeing my boy Hoffman on screen again. But honestly, I thought Redford was better. I thought he was really the crutch for me. He was the one that I was more invested in. Uh, he was obviously the lead character, is mostly from mm-hmm. his point of view. And he was also more of like the morally righteous person. Hoffman's more like, here's how you do the right paper. Here's how we do it. He's more of the, this is what's right. This is the moral choice we have to do. Redford's really the rootable character that we all fall for here. And I thought he was fantastic. I really liked him. Honestly, I I guess I probably like, I probably liked uh, Redford more as well. But like, you know... I think Dustin Hoffman's great, literally, in any film I have ever watched with him. And I even like him in Meet the Fockers. Um, but they were great. And honestly, this was a film, like, literally for their hair. They both had such nice hair in this film. I don't know. Maybe I was probably the only one checking out their hair. But I, I was like, wow. Oh, Pretty well, nice. uh, at least Hoffman. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about Redford. He was fine. But yeah, Hoffman's got a great set of hair. He's, he he so looks nice. pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'll definitely give him that. It's about these uh, two men. Redford first takes the case. He's writing this paper that he's super, the, the article about the story <laughs> that he's really involved in. And Hoffman, uh, I thought this was a, really their first scene of these two actually interacting beyond just like casual conversations in the, uh, in the office space. But when they finally kind of had their first actual one-on-one interaction with no one else in the boardroom the two of them uh, redford notices that hoffman took his paper and brought it back to his desk and i thought that was a really fun intro to really how the two of them both react how redford follows hoffman and goes hey like what are you doing to my paper like Uh he's immediately like he's very attached to this story he wants to make sure it's told properly and then of course hoffman's really like he's like the smart nerdy guy he's kind of like the Mm -hmm. jesse eisenberg like you know he's very factual and knowledgeable about journalism and he at first looks like he's just trying to take credit for the paper but he really is just trying to do his best for the paper and write the best story so you kind of get these two characters one of them is emotionally attached to the story wanting to make sure that this really comes out to light in the best way possible and of course Hoffman on the other hand is just trying to make every story the best so of course Mm -hmm. he's going to start getting attached to this story as well and so they both become kind of partners without even meaning to in uh creating this article so i thought i i thought the film was fine i think the acting is great as we've already discussed it got two acting nominations one of them was a win so the performances were good surprisingly uh the two guys that we're talking about redford and hoffman uh and neither of them were nominated or won for the acting here what yeah so they really Who was even from this yeah. film then i'm like very shocked like i thought red redford for sure would have got a nomination yeah well i thought when i first saw a supporting actor i assumed hoffman mm-hmm. i thought oh dustin hoffman got an oscar for this film uh probably not my favorite film of his but sure win is a win i'll, I'll take a dustin hoffman oscar win here but no for the uh, supporting role it was jason rombards who w- not only was nominated but won best supporting actor who was the uh the chief editor. Wow. He won for supporting actor. I'm I, very I thought, surprised. I thought he was good, but yeah, I like, like. Does Dustin Hoffman count as a lead? I guess if he counts as a lead, then 
you know, I don't know if he'd be my top five uh. lead performances of the year, but if he counts as supporting, uh, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty great. But hey, uh, nothing against Jason uh, Romer. I, I thought he was pretty good in the film as well. And then the other nomination for this one, uh, for the actress in supporting role, was Jane Alexander. So those are the two nominations for the film. Yeah, that is. Honestly, a pretty short review on our part. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> uh, Andrew did throughout this new pitch where we're going to record the, our thoughts on the movie and our review of the film mm-hmm. right after we watch it. Because even though it's only been like five days since we saw All the President's Men, I don't know. I think it's because it's a newspaper journalism film. I don't they got kinda, too much. They kind of just all run together for me. <laughs> like it sounds so bad because some are better than others, but... Yeah, yeah. The only thing, the one thing I really liked about this film was just their, like, their approach at everything. Um, Redford had, like, a secret guy that would, like, put messages in his mailbox and then, like, he would secretly meet with him whenever, like, Redford really needed information. I thought it was funny how he was, like, put the little flag, I think it was a little flag that Redford would go on his balcony and put up. I thought... I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, Redford had to put the red flag. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, I thought it was good. Yeah, a lot of fun little touches. I agree. And, and then I really like how they finally eventually just not even broke her down, but one of the secretaries to one of the guys that somehow got involved, which I don't think he was actually like one of the super bad guys, but like the other guys were like blackmailing him or something into helping it was a very twisted, twisted web, if I may say so. Yeah, yeah, the, the film, uh, as much as I don't really remember any crucial details, uh, the, the dialogue is sharp, and I think that's why it won screenplay. It's a very mm-hmm. well-paced film. Uh, you, you know, actually, well, like, I might take it back. It, it, it dragged it parts, but a I very did. sharp dialogue. All the characters... Uh, Felt like they had actual motives in the way that they acted. Mm-hmm. Felt realistic to the actual story. Uh, so no, I liked it. It was good. The one scene, the one scene that I liked was whenever Redford and Hoffman came to the the main person, the main female's house, and the sister ended up letting them in. And then, like, I think the sister really wanted her sister her sister to like share information because she's like would you like something to drink would you like to sit down she's being like all like hospitality and the other sister is like what the heck like why are you doing this yeah that was good that was that was a that was a funny a funny scene but a good scene as well yeah and uh i think some of the camera work was pretty good so i guess this would fall under probably directing but i did like the decision to have the screen playing of the president being announced. All these banners. Woo, he got reelected. This is awesome. No. While in the background, you got to see our boy Redford just working on that paper. He is working on getting this information mm-hmm. out. It was such a cool shot of the foreground being the reelection while he's back behind the yep. TV. Papers everywhere just working on this paper. Uh, it, it was a really cool shot. Uh, I would almost say my favorite scene of the film, but it's not really a scene. It's just a really cool shot I liked. Um, but yeah, I do like the film. You know, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, nothing super special, but as a whole, I thought it looked nice. 
I thought the dialogue was fun. It was engaging enough where like I you know, it's a two hour, twenty minute movie of you know, journalism, like of dudes writing paper. It's nothing crazy, but uh, for the most part it does feel like a good time. I I don't feel like I was bored for most of it. It kept my attention more so than most journalism films. And I honestly just think it's how it all came together for me personally. So uh, anything else you want to say about the film? I feel like it kind of reminded me of The Verdict since we discussed that a little bit uh, recently just due to the underdog guy getting handed the story and him really wanting to work on this. And it feels like there's no hope, but then some person involved shows up out of nowhere and helps out. You know, kind of similar. The verdict's more of a courtroom, obviously. Still vastly different, but I feel like, you know, the underdog story of them coming out on top. Not too shabby. And there's eye candy. <laughs> cool. What would be your least favorite scene from this movie? Anything that sticks mm. out? Um, honestly, just the points that dragged like where they're trying to do like a lot of tracking down of like information and whatnot i don't really like scenes like that yeah yeah i can't really think of anything that i didn't like but yeah it's just because you know at times it dragged i got a little bored at times but you know there's nothing remotely terrible about this movie hmm. anything else you want to say about all the presidents men i really don't got much to say i feel like I... we butchered this movie here but yeah. uh even honestly even if we recorded this right afterwards i wouldn't have had too much to say i might have had a little bit more to say obviously but even afterwards i was like i don't know this is just <laughs> some journalism movie of people writing paper i don't give a crap i don't know uh, that's good same same yeah not too much more i really don't have anything else to say about it all right so you know we got that out of the way we talked about a good you know 18 minutes about that movie let's get to the good stuff let's get to my favorite film of all time and Angie's favorite film of all time Woo. that's right baby we are here to talk about network uh so a very fun film we ended up seeing it twice and honestly, I, I'm, I think because we watched it a second time, I think I love it even more. I thought the rewatch was awesome, knowing exactly how it was all going to play out, seeing how it all connected. It's a very interconnected film. So many characters. Mm -hmm. That's why this movie was nominated for five acting performances, which we'll get to here. Uh, but a very acting-heavy yeah. film, uh, and for good reason. Uh, the nominations, we got lead actor nomination, Supporting Actor nomination, Cinematography nomination, Directing nomination, Editing nomination, and in the wins, we have Lead Actor, Lead Actress, Supporting Actress, and Original Screenplay. So three of the four wins wow. are for the acting. And this film, believe it or not, got 10 nominations. I'm surprised. Yeah. Four wins, so it got just as many wins as All the President's Men. But it got 10 nominations total. So I got two, two more nominations here. So both these films performed very well in the Oscars. They were very well loved. And we'll get to it here. But aside from obviously the Best Picture winner, these were the two big showings for the year. Uh, you know, Taxi Driver, Beloved Now. But I guess back then it, it still got the nomination, but not as beloved as these two. Hmm. But uh, as for Network, uh, what was your thoughts on that film, Andrea? Yeah, I guess it is good that we rewatched it because the first time I was kind of like, 
Hmm. This is like mediocre. Like it has some good parts, like a hundred percent. But watching it the second time, you know, like I moaned and groaned because I didn't really want to watch it a second time. But I'm glad I did because I picked up on a, like a lot more that was going on in the background story that I don't think I really cared about before. Uh, so yeah, overall for me, it was, I mean, it, it's above a three star at least. Well, look at that, three star. Wow, that's, that's quite a high bar you just gave there, Andrew. Very, very impressive. Um, yeah, this film's definitely higher than a three star for me. Even on the first watch, I thought it was a really good film, but the, yeah, the rewatch itself really made me love all the characters. It's a very much a performance-based movie. So many interconnected webs of all these characters and their motives. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say it right up front. This is one of the best films we've discussed while doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be my second favorite that we've discussed so far, you know, right after Social Network. So I think it's hilarious that my two favorite films that we've discussed both have the word uh, network in it, social network, and then the movie network. Wow. And they're both about the, uh, you know, the cutthroat industry of a huge business, right? Like, I feel like they're both very similar stories, ironically enough. Uh, you know, wow. social network is way better. But this film, honestly, uh, is pretty, is, is pretty up there as well. I think a lot of these characters are fantastic. Uh, similar to Jesse Eisenberg, I think the villainess, well, the actress's name is Faye, I just looked it up, but what's the, the character's name? Diana. I think Diana's amazing. I think she is so cool. She is badass. She is very similar to Jesse Eisenberg where yeah, she'll cut anybody left and right. She's very heartless. Yeah. That would be a good word for her. Yeah. And, uh, similar, yeah, similar to Eisenberg, I guess. These two are very similar. They're both heartless when it comes to the industry. And they're both young, so they're both not really meaning to be terrible people. But it's just the industry is kind of swallowing them up. They're being taken over by the company that they're high up in power with. And they don't even realize what they're doing is hurting others. And what they're doing is impacting people's lives outside of the company. Mm -hmm. And so I think both of them are very interesting, uh, you know, terrible human beings. But captivating characters. Yeah, like, I'm sure people do, like, character studies about people like this, just how they are. It's crazy. Oh, there's absolutely papers on this character. Yeah. Like, she is super interesting. She, she won lead actress. So, like, I'm she won Yeah, she won the Oscar. Wow. And honestly, I think probably top three performance that we've discussed. For me, at least. I think she is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd be up there for me. Interesting. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, all the films that we've discussed so far, I feel like uh, I'm more of a fan of the female performances. I feel like I can't really think of any strong men performances that we've discussed. I feel like my top four at the top of mind is Jesse Eisenberg from The Social Network, Faye from Network, Ingrid Bergman in Gaslight, and then Natalie Portman in Black Swan. I think those are my top four so far, and three of them are female performances. Wow. And all three of them actually won. And, uh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg uh, <laughs> didn't win. But, <sighs> yeah, I think that's interesting that, you know, uh, I agree with the I agree with the Academy at least got something right. And that's awarding the lead actress. I feel like they've been nailing that. 
We love that. We love that they're doing yeah. that. So I'll give them that. I don't necessarily agree with them on the Best Picture winners, you know, except for the 1929, Andrew's favorite year. Aside from that year, I think they got that winner right. But for the most part, uh, Best Picture winners, probably not. But we'll see. Maybe we like Rocky. Uh, yeah, yeah. But let's get to the actual film network. I feel like there's a lot to discuss here. Honestly, we might have to... We're kind of stretching all the president's men to try and go for some content here. I feel like yeah. we're going to have to kind of rush through networks. I think there's so much to discuss. There is a lot. Well, and we also just watched it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So right off the bat, we get introduced to like the two lead characters. We obviously have Howard, who is, for those that don't know this film, he gets laid off in the very first scene of the movie. We actually, in the little narration at the beginning... They tell us Howard got laid off. He just got fired. He yep. has two weeks left until he's out of this company where he's working for a, uh, he's an anchor for a news network. Mm -hmm. So there's Howard and then there's his good friend, Max, who is actually the boss of the network there. And so the two of them telling this funny story about holding up a cab and it just, it just shows you how they're the, there's funny stories. Their jokes are still work centric. Like everything, like everything about, like they're so devoted to work. It's their life. Working in this industry swallows you up. You become part of the industry. Like even them trying to throw, like tell each other a fun joke while they're waiting to head over to work. And it still ends up being a joke about work. Like that's just <laughs> how devoted they are. These two guys. And so Howard who won, who won lead actor, and Max, who was nominated for lead actor. These two guys really were the leads, and they kind of split up about 30 minutes in. But uh, in this moment, Howard comes out on set. He's That's out there good. on the news station and just out there, just on the broadcast. It's a live broadcast. He's telling the news. He decides to drop a little bomb here. <laughs> he tells everybody that he is going to shoot himself on air. He's like, the last day I'm here on air. I will shoot myself. I will die on air as my last showing. And everybody in the network, all these people that are running the cameras and running the mics, they don't even they don't even realize he says it. It's it's so it's such a great shot. It doesn't it doesn't even phase them whatsoever. Like literally a person runs in and has to tell them what he yeah. said on air. They're like, "Did you guys just hear? He said he was going to shoot himself on air. Did you not hear that, guys?" Because it's, once again, it's this film is about, it's really critiquing the television industry mm -hmm. and how it's just a turning cogs in the machine. This is why I like The Player. That's about the turning cogs of film. That's why I like this. I love the, uh, the you know, the, like the negative analytical perspective of, you know, an industry that I love to follow. I think it's really interesting how they are just so focused on their work. They don't even have time to look up and realize what is going on. They're just so used to just how the mm -hmm. mechanism works. Okay, he's live. All right, he's going to do his little pitch here. Okay, we're going to then transition here. Yep. They're just moving on to the next thing. They just keep moving forward. They don't realize what's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's hilarious. He's going to shoot himself on air. They obviously kick him off. Yep. You know, they just tell him, well, you're done. You, you know, you, your uh, probationary is over. Don't even bother showing up. You're, you're out. So Howard doesn't have the chance to be on air, except... This is where we get our lead actress here, Faye, uh, Diana. This is where she starts to, you know, start piecing things together here. She realizes this is big. This is this got 
this was trending online. Like people were talking about some anchor killing himself. And we had that cool shot where he's turning off all the dials of all the televisions, relaying the information. Once again, it's just that the television just keeps relaying the same story. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing over and over. The television is nothing new. As we hear later in the film, this isn't a news industry. This is a keep you entertained industry. Like this is just prevent you from being yeah. bored. Or you, don't be bored. Just throw us on. You're good to go. It's mindless entertainment. It's not meant to actually educate people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, you brought up a really good point. Diana is so smart to have caught on to the, that fact so fast that, hey, I could get the ratings to go up really high. And I don't know about you, but I feel like maybe she's like, a new like a new person at the station like she's over everything so she basically takes full advantage of this we skipped a little thing here that i forgot to mention but obviously the other lead actor here uh max i believe his name is Mm -hmm. once again he was also he was above howard in the new station and he was actually kind of thrown for a loop here Uh, they go to a convention where they announced that they're actually going to be cutting the uh, the cost for the news station because it's probably their least profitable part of the industry for television. So they're going to be cutting down on the news. They're going to be keeping an eye on it. And th- this budget cost, this big information wasn't brought up to the head of the newspaper site. And he was on stage embarrassed. He had no idea about this. They told him on air, which initially sounds crazy, but in 2021... This is exactly what happened to Warner Brothers when they just announced that they're doing day-to-day streaming and half the directors were like, wait, we found out when you guys found out. We weren't told about this. Or when Disney threw up that Black Widow is going to be going on their service day-to-day, ScarJo said, I found out when you guys found out. Like, people, this is happening in actual, in the actual industry. Like, this is a thing that does happen. And it's crazy because it just seems... They're just sabotaging their own partnerships. Like, it's it's very cutthroat, these industries. It's crazy. And yeah. so I thought the fact that this actually happened this year uh, it is hilarious. I think it's really funny that uh, it's still relevant today, this film, from uh, 50 years ago. I think it's pretty funny. But, yeah. Uh, so he then, as a way to retaliate, Max gets very upset that he was kind of, you know, betrayed by this announcement. Mm-hmm. So he lets Howard go back on the year one more time. And Howard pretends he's going to apologize, but he ends up going on air and just swears. He is just upset. He's he's furious that he's not even getting the last week. And they're about to cut it. But then Max says, nope, don't. Let it play out. Because it just shows you. Once again, the big quote from this movie is, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And that quote really goes throughout this entire film. And it echoes uh-huh. out on the streets. Like People relate to this. Howard is mad as hell and he's not going to take it. He's going to yell and swear on on camera. And Max is mad as hell. He's not going to take it because they betrayed him. So he's going to let them do that on their own station. So they're both retaliating here. And I thought that was a great setup. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I was just going to say that was probably the best film, the best scene of the entire film is when he goes in it on air and he says that line, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it. I want everyone to shout it from the rooftop, shout it from your windows or whatever. And then you see all the people actually doing it. I don't know. That's one of my favorite scenes like of the entire movie. 
Yeah, I really like that, like that scene as well. And that scene is about halfway through the film. And so what makes that scene so powerful is because this first hour, you're thinking, wow, the television industry, like just the news industry is cutthroat. It is, it is yeah. brutal. Like this is terrible. And so he yells, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. On air is the big quote of the film, probably maybe like top 100 quotes of all time in film. Like, like I've heard that line before I saw this it's movie. Good. Like it's a good line. And you see everybody else outside yelling the line with him, which is not only a great shot, like you said, uh, the best shot of the film, but it's also great because it just lets you know everybody is mad at the like at their own industry. Like, you know, just the world is corrupt. Like everybody yeah. feels like they're in yeah. the shittiest industry, that like, they're in this cutthroat industry. Everybody has their own problems. Yeah, and he was just kind of like a voice for everyone. And so he kind of be, just becomes this like leader to yeah, all yeah. these people out there. Yeah, it's very much like, yeah, like this disciple. Like there's a leader for these people. Yep. Uh, something that I thought was interesting. Uh, I don't know if anybody's made this comparison before. And maybe I'm way overbalanced here. It reminds me of the Black Mirror episode, 15 Million Merits. Mm-hmm. Where Daniel Kaluuya, my boy, love that guy. Uh, goes up on stage because he is pissed that they, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but he's angry at something, goes up on stage with a shattered glass and holds up to his throat. And so it becomes this big movement, this big moment that everybody in the audience goes, oh my gosh, that is me. I, I want to be rebellious. That's awesome. And then the twist of the episode for the Black Mirror episode is he keeps doing the glass mm-hmm. thing and it cuts away and he's in this gorgeous room and he is now part of the problem. He's now part of the product of the corporation. They marketed him to manipulate the people. And that's what this movie is. He, wow. Howard is initially upset. He is initially angry at the corporation mm-hmm. and he then becomes a market for the corporation. They use him to have his own show. He goes on the air multiple times. Yep. He is a big success. And they use him for views. They use him to get their show popular. They are now working their way up to number one. We're number one for the news station. Mm -hmm. And it's all because of him. And these people think that they're rebellion. They think that they are part of this big rebellion, that they are making a stance, making this movement, but it's just an echo chamber. It's just the corporation manipulating it. So they become so they get views from it. So I thought Basically. very interesting. I've you know, fifty millimeters definitely saw this film and took some note from it because it's very similar uh, and a very powerful statement. I really liked it. And another thing that I liked, uh, I love the use of repetition. We said that all the president's men use repetition when they, you know, for how tedious it was for them to do the tasks. Mm-hmm. But the repetition here is more comical, where they're trying to think of a new tv show and they're listing Uh, off the premise of each tv show is the exact same thing and it's hilarious i love when they use repetition like that i think it's so funny to just so show how like you know over like just it's nothing right like like the it's an echo chamber of the industry it's the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again it's mindless entertainment same with the news stations discussing how we're going crazy they're saying the same thing every channel saying the same thing nobody has something new to offer and i think that's really fun no, it's good. It shows everyone just kind of feeds off everyone else. Nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. So the lead actor, Diana, she's the one that is involved in the TV show. She's the one that's really churning everything out. 
Uh, so she then, uh, I guess we can start you know, speeding this up here. Uh, is having an affair? Well, well, well. Yeah, you, you, her, oh. her and Max have a relationship. I was just gonna skip that part. It's nothing super important to the yeah. real story. I like it. It's actually a lot of. Uh, they have a lot of human moments. There's a lot yeah. of quotes from that that really echo exactly what's going on in the industry. And mm-hmm. I think that their moments are really important. But for the grand scheme of the story, uh, it's just more of an emotional connection that we have to these characters i think that you also just see how heartless she is oh yeah not only to her job and the people she works with but she's heartless to max too yeah big time he left he left his wife for her to be with her and he she's just terrible because she's so much a part of the corporation and just how they are. It's awful. And he's like, no, you're not going to change. You can't change. I'm leaving. Yeah. And even the, even in that scene, they break the fourth wall when he's like, well, this is probably going to go a couple of ways. But at the end of the day, we're, we're not going to work out. The, the story that we're going to tell is I'm going to try and go for her. I'm going to try and go for her. It's not going to work out. Uh, you know, one of the scenarios, I might kill myself. Uh, but most of the scenarios, I'm going to try. I'm going to come back and try and win you over. Like, <laughs> like the way he talks to his wife is so corporate level. This is the story. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny. Um, but yeah, we get to really the big ending here, like the big story. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we get this hinted throughout. I didn't realize until the rewatch. But yeah. she is working on this other show the whole time. Yeah. And this other show that she's working on is where she's having a bunch of vigilantes robbing banks doing all this crazy stuff they're going to make episodes off of each one and what's crazy about this is and they even say it in the show they are giving them 10 grand for each episode that they record themselves doing you know you know illegal activity right like they're robbing banks they're doing all this crazy stuff and they're going to pay them to record themselves doing it for the show and they even said Diane even said, I hope there's a lawsuit. I hope somebody comes to us and says, what you're doing is illegal and what you're doing is like like against multiple laws. You guys are the cause of this violent act. Yeah. And Diane's like, I hope they sue us for this because it's going to give us ratings. It's going to make us bigger, right? Like It's just going to help Crazy. us. Like she is trying to get sued so they get more press. Like that's just hilarious. She's crazy. Huh? Yeah, she, yeah, she's nuts. And so we then get to the scene where... Uh, Howard, unfortunately, is starting to get a little. He's he's first he starts getting a little too chaotic, so they pull him aside and they try and calm him down, but it ends up scaring him, and so he ends up getting depressed, and his episodes are becoming mm-hmm. less exciting. You can't really root for a guy that's depressed all the time. Well, well, he basically floods the White House with like telegrams, and like he literally goes to the extreme where he causes. Something did not happen that yeah, he's was trying to go through. He was getting yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's got a lot of But, yeah, the, I don't know. That guy was really scary at the table. <laughs> yeah, so one thing I want to quickly say about the guy at the table, because I thought this was interesting, because one of the very first rants he had, um, Howard, he, in his rant he said that the reason why he's doing this is because he spoke to God. He, he didn't really speak to God necessarily, but he spoke to a prophet. And so the prophet in his dream said to him that he needs to tell this story. He needs to speak through him. And he goes, well, like, what? You want, like, it's on the burn. Like, like, I'm not Moses. You want me to just go out there and tell the story? Why, why me? Why am I the one that was picked? And he said, because you're on television, dummy. Like, you're the one that's going to tell the story through me. And it was a really cool speech. 
saying that he spoke to God. He spoke to a prophet in his dream. And so then at the end of the, on the flip side of this film, we get to the man at the table. He goes up to Howard and he tells Howard, you're going to do what you're told. Like you're going to stay in line. You're going to do this. And he goes like, why do you still want me on air? Like, why do you want me to do all this? Like, why am I the victim here? And he goes, because you're on television, dummy. He said the line that the prophet slash God spoke to him in the dream, which foreshadowed that really in this film, the television industry, they're yeah. God. They are the ones that tell us what we want to hear. And it was mm -hmm. the fact that he said well, the line that God said in his dream, it was cool. It was awesome. It, well, it was even how like that whole thing was edited. The guy yeah. at the other end looked big, like God kind of. And he and Howard looked it so was shot well. sm yeah. small. It was yeah. a good scene. Yeah. So anyways, because of that interaction with the man at the table, he gets a little scared. He gets a little depressed. Yeah. He kind of, he starts to lose ratings. He's no longer... Yep chaotic he is more subdued and the audience is kind of realizing that and unfortunately they are now in a pickle because if diane and the network drop him every other network will scoop him up he will give them the ratings they want they will want him yeah so they can't fire they can't fire the guy because then he's going to just go to another network and mm -hmm. they're going to get all the all the viewerships but they can't keep him because he is losing them a bit of ratings. And if they let him go chaotic, he's going to screw him up like what he did earlier. Yep. So they are kind of in this crossroad. We can't fire him, but we can't keep him. So what do we? What do they come up with? Well, it's the next season of this show with all the vandals and all these, uh, you know, uh, you know, these rascals for their other show. <laughs> New season starting, and what do they got to do? Go off with a bang, and they're going to have these vandals that they have on their other show. Murder Howard on stage. Crazy. Literally crazy. And like you said, the whole time, like, we saw the guys that were going to do the thing. Yeah. And it was, it was, it wasn't a shock, but it was a shock that they would actually go to that extreme to get, like, I guess their ratings as high as they could get them. Yep. But then, like, basically just drop everything after that. It's crazy. They said they're going to have try and get as many attractive people in the audiences as possible because they want the shots to yeah. look good. They want good looking people on the in the audience. They want him in the lighting so they get mm -hmm. a nice, beautiful shot of it. And then they want to have these guys do it with all the cameras on so it can be the first episode of the new season of these guys doing all these illegal acts for the show. And Crazy. it worked. Like, like the, it, and that's how the movie ends. It ends with these guys killing Howard on set in this epic way and that's just how the movie ends they won like the, the television networks it just keeps going and that final shot shows it where it's just a bunch of television screens all of them showing the exact same clips the exact same shots seeing the exact same stories it's the same story over and over just for entertainment mm -hmm. no new information here because every show is showing it right now uh and you can barely hear it because it's muddled with commercials it's muddled with all this other side noise of everything else going on it's showing in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter like yeah. it's just continuously going out crazy uh it's a fantastic <laughs> ending yeah no i thought it it ended it perfectly and then after that no one really cared about howard howard was not on any of the tv screens yeah so that's it. That that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, in case you guys couldn't tell, I was trying to speed through this, and that was like 30 minutes. Uh, incredible, incredible movie. Everyone should watch it. High recommend. Yeah. High recommend. <laughs> I agree. All right, so we can move on to uh, let's discuss all the acting nominations we have here. Okay. So we can first start with. Let's start with all the present men nominations here first. So Jason Roberts for uh, winning supporting actor. What was your thoughts on him? Um, I don't remember who that was. <laughs> well, that was the you know the the head guy at the newspaper. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean he was good. I I'm a little shocked that he won the entire thing, but like overall he did a, he did good. I mean, I don't really have too much to say besides that. Because I feel like he was in the film, but, like, I didn't even think he was in it enough to be a supporting. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it's supporting. It's supposed to be not super crazy roles. Uh, so I, I think his presence was warranting of a supporting actor. I actually i am kind of glad Dustin Hoffman wasn't nominated because he's very... He's so in it that he should be considered yeah. the lead actor. I kind of don't like it when they pick an actor that is technically the lead, but they count it as a supporting because they find like a loophole. Yeah, loophole. Jeez. Yeah. So I, you know what? I like when they do stuff like that. Like I'm kind of shocked that both the men for network were nominated for lead. I'm glad. I was kind of expecting Max to be nominated yeah. for supporting because he's not the lead guy or something. So I was glad that they took that route. Uh, so I guess we can go on to the men for the network here. Uh, lead actor, Peter Finch for the role of Howard and William Holden for the role of Max. They were both nominated for network. What was your thoughts on those? Uh, Peter Finch ended up winning, the guy that played Howard himself. I thought they were both great. Yeah. I honestly think they both deserve to be nominated for that. I agree too. I think they both deserve to be nominated uh, and I thought they were both fantastic. Which one do you think was better? Uh, Peter Finch, the guy that played Howard, ended up winning. Uh, it's a toss-up. I think I prefer the character Max, like William's performance. Yeah. It was more subdued, but Howard, it's just a juicy role. It's so intense. Yeah. So I don't blame it for winning. I, I would have picked Max, too. Um, Max is just a little bit more calm. He was a little bit more of a logical-thinking guy. Whereas Howard was just loud, mad, chaotic, crazy, really. Yeah. So the other nomination we have for supporting actor was Ned Beatty for Network. And I just quickly looked it up because I uh, did not recognize the character's name. It is the guy in the, in the dark, big office. The guy that was yelling at him. Oh, really? So, uh, you know, I, this is a good supporting group. These are real supporting are. roles. It's just they side are. roles. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I thought he was fine. I, I thought he was pretty fun. It's hard to say he deserved a win when, yeah, he was very, very not minor. there. Yeah, he was very, very minor. minor. Yeah. So we can go on to actress in a leading role. We have Faye, the winner, Faye, Faye Dunaway, who not was. Surprised. Obviously, Diana. Obviously, I'm going to say she was worthy of it. She was fantastic in it. Uh, probably one of my favorite performances. Uh, do I say ever? I don't know. Uh, probably, probably top 20, maybe. I thought she was great. What do you think of her? 
Yeah, no, I thought she was great. She's a great villain. Like, just how heartless she was. You wouldn't want to go, like, up against her for anything, I feel like. Yeah, and then we got Beatrice Strait, who was nominated for... Who actually, sorry, she won for Supporting Actress for Network. Uh, I actually don't even really remember. Let me see if I can quickly look up who she was in the film. Oh, the wife. That's what I was about to say. That was the only other female role I could think of. Yeah, uh, who played the wife of Max. And honestly, yeah. uh, that was a pretty worthy win. I thought she was really good. She you was like good? It? No, no, she was fine. Yeah. She just was very minor as well. Which is great. That's called Sporting Actress, baby. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I helped you out there. Wow. But honestly, during her speech of him leaving her, that was an Oscar speech. That, you know, they, that was a performance speech right there. Uh, it was a great speech. But yeah, I'm not too surprised that she ended up winning there. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then the final one for All the Presidents Men, a lot of uh, acting noms here. Jane Alexander. Let me see if I can figure out who she is. Yeah, she's the one that gave yeah. the information. Yeah. She was good. Uh, worthy nomination. I thought she was good. No, I definitely like how she played her character, for sure. And then we have both films here nominated for editing. What did you think of the editing for these two movies? Mm -hmm. uh, neither of them won, but they both got nominated. Not bad. I, th I, I think I like Network better, but yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Editing's good for both. But honestly, like, as much as I love Network, I wouldn't even say that'd be, like, a top 10 favorite thing no. of mine. Uh, the editing's good in both. But yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely nothing They're too special. so, so. Yeah. yeah, what about directing? Both nominated, neither one. Anything special about the direction these two films had? I don't know, once again, I'd probably like network a little bit better. Because yeah. I feel like the characters were more in depth, like they had a lot more going on. Yeah, maybe it's because of how I feel about the two movies. I thought the directing in All the Presidents Men is fine, but for network, I think it's fantastic. I think the, I think the editing is really, I, sorry, I think the directing is really great in that. Uh, but for the screenplay, they both won their own respective screenplays. Aww. So Network won original, President's Men won adapting, and they're both great screenplays. I think one of the best parts about both these films is the dialogue. So that makes sense for me. And <laughs> what is your storyboard for these two films, Andrea? Oh my God, I completely forgot we yeah, were doing storyboards. I know, it's been a month and a half, baby. Like, wow, yeah. you just have to throw that out there. You can't even remind me. Um... So for those that don't know, while Andrew tries to quickly think of a storyboard here, what we did was in the 1945 Oscars, I realized that one of the films was nominated for Best Story. Uh, not for Best Screenplay, that's a separate award, but for Best Story. And I tried to look it up, I couldn't really figure it out. The best I got was the overall story that we then surmised as uh, the best two to three sentence story of this movie. So we're writing our own storyboards for all of these movies to see which film has the best story here. So here, I'll go first, Andrew. I'll warm you up here for the All the President's Men. Oh, okay. All right, so mine will be two boys, write a paper. Paper is good. <laughs> all right. Yep, So let's see how I can, I can do this. Try and top that one. Wow, I don't know. Watergate happens. Boys... Wait, let me start over. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's also going for the boys. Oh, uh, wait. Paper gets a big story. 
about Watergate, boys are successful in their mission. Look at that. They were successful. Oh, what would be your storyboard for network? Man gets fired. Man goes real crazy. And leads to man's own killing. Boom. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess that would be similar. A man threatens to kill himself on screen. Becomes a sensation. Then dies on screen. Boom. Yeah, which I guess was on something screen. we never really got on about. But he, at the very beginning, he did say on screen... That the last time he is on, that he is up on the news, he will kill himself. Yeah. And because he fell for the corporate ladder, he fell for how the system worked. Mm -hmm. He ended up killing himself. Basically. Yeah. yeah so I, I, crazy. Uh, anyways, we're about to wrap it up here. But obviously, before we close it all out, we're going to give our scorings for both these films. You can follow us both on Letterbox. You can follow me. I am Quentin okay. Philipson. I believe that's uh, what my account is. Uh, or you just look up Q Movie Reviews. That pops up as well. You can follow Andrea at Andrea Penguin Emoji. Are we still doing the penguin? <laughs> I don't know. She's an emoji, all right. Even she doesn't know. No idea. Yep, it's Andrea Penguin Emoji. Still the penguin. We're sticking to the penguin here. <laughs> But anyways, you can follow us both on Letterboxd. So, of course, on Letterboxd, you can give up to a five-star review for these yes. films. I'll go first with all the President's Men. I'll set it up for Andrew here. And I'm going to give it a three and a half. I thought the dialogue was good. I thought the performances were good. Uh, it's just not really my thing. I didn't really think it was too special. But three and a half. I thought it was pretty good. Wow. I actually thought you were going to go lower than me on this one. Or we are going to go the same score. But I'm going to give it a three. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. I mean, I guess I could give it half a star for Dustin Hoffman's hair. But, yeah, that's you know. crazy. Well, I liked it more than you. Crazy to me. It, to be fair, though, if you guys have been paying attention, Angie's been trying to get a little, you know, a little harsher on her rankings here. She realizes she gives too many five and four star reviews. <laughs> so she's trying to downplay it here. Wow. I can't wait to see her give Network a two star. Wow. But, Andrew, what's your score no. going to be for Network? And I was thinking about her network. I was actually going to give it a lot lower, but we Ooh. did do the rewatch. And I'm going to go with a 3.5. Wow, look at that. <laughs> 3.5. Wow. What? Angel's loving this year, guys. She is loving it. <laughs> yeah, she is mad as hell, and she's not going to take it anymore. That's I, right. I, with yeah. Quentin picking crap years. Yeah, I can't wait till we, uh, I can't wait till we re-raffle the next year. Angel's going to definitely make sure she gets her pick in. But uh, I'm going to give Network a five star. I, I, I really like it. I was between a 4.5 and a 5. Wow. Uh, I was I was a hard 4.5 on the first watch. Uh, but Shocked. Yeah, it grew out on me a lot on the rewatch. Uh, I'm a hard 5 now. It, it was really good. As you can tell, Not I loved five. it. Not a soft 5? Nope. Uh, only hard in this house, baby. Whoa. So anyways, that is everything <laughs> for these two movies. Anything else you want to say about... Uh, clearly your favorite year of the Oscar so far? Nope. Not much to say from this goose. All right. Well, <laughs> good job, goose. Uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks' time. We're back on schedule yes. for Taxi Driver and Bound for Glory. It's happening here. I just can't wait for Taxi Driver. I'm pumped. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys.